someone once told me time is a flat circle. If everything we've ever done or will do, we're gonna do over and over and over again. Hello, everyone. I'm Kelly. Hey, I'm Michael. We're brother and sister, self-proclaimed armchair detectives, and your host for the Flat Circle Podcast. This week's episode is a little different. So we're going to have a little bit of fun, and we are going to discuss the mystery, the music conspiracy theory, and the death hoax of Paul McCartney. This rumor started on October 12th of 1969 here in Michigan when a Detroit DJ by the name of Russ Gibb took a phone call from a mysterious caller who requested that Gibb spin the song Number 9, Number 9 intro from the song Revolution 9 found on the White Album. And he said for him to spin it backwards. So Gibb did it and as he did, heard the words, Turn me on, dead man. Then at the end of Strawberry Fields Forever, John says, I buried Paul. Okay, so I guess I'm a little confused. What does all this mean? Well, this started the conspiracy theory that Paul McCartney actually died in a car crash from icy conditions on the night of November 9th, 1966. And then after, the band replaced him with an imposter. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so we have a fake, potentially, we have a fake Paul McCartney in our midst. And I think I saw somewhere that they call some people call the Paul McCartney that we know today, who I think has always been the Paul McCartney we've known and loved. But I think the name they give to him is Fall. So it's like <laughs> faux Paul McCartney. It's kind of funny, right? <laughs> like so if this Paul today that we see or and that we've known, I guess, since 1966 is fake Paul, then who is this fake Paul? Well, it has been claimed that a man by the name of William Shears, also known as Billy Shears, and also sometimes referred to as William Campbell, is the Paul we see today. The story goes that the Beatles were London's crowning achievement, and so they hosted a private Paul lookalike contest. The winner of that contest was reported as Billy Shears also known as William Campbell. Okay, I see. So from what you're saying, then it sounds like Paul McCartney, the real Paul McCartney, died in a car crash that November night of 1966. And London, I suppose London's powers that be and the record company, whoever manages the Beatles, were like, this is too big of a loss for the public to... Um, because the Beatle mania was like a thing. People would go nuts mm. for the Beatles. So I can see where, I mean, okay, if you're going to buy into the theory, I can see where people would be like, listen, we can't lose the Beatles. It's like an, an icon for London. So let's host this private lookalike contest so we can get someone who looks like Paul McCartney. And then he'll he'll be the quote unquote Paul McCartney moving forward. Is that right? Exactly. 
actually, in fact, on the cover of Abbey Road, where the Beatles shot the famous walk across Abbey Road. John was dressed in white, so they kind of looked at him as being the preacher. And then if you look at Ringo, and he was in black as supposedly the undertaker. And Paul is also dressed in black, and supposedly they say it's because he's the corpse. And then lastly, George Harrison, of course, is in blue jeans, and was that signaling as like he was the grave digger. And I believe Paul was barefoot as well, which kind of give more indication that he might have been the corpse. Okay, so that makes sense. So it seems that at this point, fans, after hearing this theory, because it did actually get national, uh, worldwide attention. So I can imagine that at this point, with that first record where they, you know, spun it backwards, they got the tourney on Dead Man, and then at the end of uh, Strawberry Fields Forever. So at this point, then the fans were looking at the Beatles albums for clues. And what's funny is that when I see the Abbey Road cover, I see where it's kind of like a funeral procession. I mean, you can definitely take it as that. So, okay, if Abbey Road was symbolic as the funeral, then if we look at Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts album, that has to symbolize like the official burial of Paul, right? And I love symbolism. And if I were to interpret the album covers between Abbey Road and Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts, I'm going to say that whether they did it intentionally or not, I believe you see the death and rebirth of the Beatles between those two album covers alone, just from an artwork perspective. Also, you have to remember that during that time period, Paul took a sabbatical of sorts with his family on their Scotland estate. So he wasn't seen much in the press for about two years. During those two years is when the rumors actually took hold. It wasn't until 1969 when he came out of hiding and the Life magazine did an article on him that the rumors subsided. Yeah, I think I read somewhere that like his publisher or like the London police were calling the publisher to say, hey, it's been reported that Paul is dead. And I I think that it was the publisher calling Paul McCartney saying, hey, so the latest news is you're dead. And Paul said something to the effect of, yeah, I don't think so. But it was, you know, obviously like he had an exact quote. I mean, and also, so a lot of people, the reason why this is all kind of weird, too, is because I remember it all took place because of the photos. People say the Paul McCartney of from when the Beatles got famous, basically from 1963, when Love Me Do came out and what have you. And then 64, obviously, when they made their American fame, he actually looks different from like 63 all the way to 60, was it 66? And then from 66 to 69, he looks like a completely, he doesn't look like a completely different person, but you can definitely see where he's thinned out. His nose is a lot thinner than it was when uh, in the in the early Beatle years. So that's always kind of been on Beatles fans' minds is, well, why does he kind of look different? Now, there was reports also that McCartney was on a scooter and actually had an accident. He did it. That, that was another thing. Like he had an accident on like one of those. Um, what do you call those? Like a, one of a those Vespa. Vespas. Yeah, like a Vespa. Okay. And then he knocked. He like fucked up his teeth and shit. Like he got oh. in an accident. His face hit the. Um, and I think that's actually happened. And then there was like a scar he had. And then they had to kind of like get rid of the scar. I mean, this is the height of the Beatles fame, right? So they're going. I mean, there was any anything that happened to these guys. They basically 
they had to find a way to fix it. So there has been reports that he got an accident and then they just had to like fix his face. But I don't know if that's true either, but a lot of people are like, well, no, he actually died in that accident. And then this other lookalike happened. So that's kind of where this all kind of happened. But then you have other things too, where there is a, uh, there's, there's this one guy who believes that <clears throat> the stand-in was actually an orphan from Edinburgh named William Campbell. So oh, no the William, kidding. Yeah. So the William Campbell that came out also like, instead of Billy Shears and all that, they also think like, well, where did this Willie, 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 William Campbell come from? Well, they also think like it might've been, he might've been an orphan that took place of, uh, Paul McCartney. And then I, I could keep going all day about this. And and obviously another a lot of people also they stopped touring and I believe in 1966 or 1967 when their last one was at at Candlestick Park. So then all this happened after the fact, right? So they're like, why do they stop touring? Why? And they just thought, well, because Paul McCartney had they had to like teach this new guy because he played guitar, this William Campbell or Billy Shears played the guitar right or played the bass right. So they had to get him to learn to play it left. <laughs> And they had him to get had to get like um, McCartney's um, mannerisms and everything down in these two years before he actually came back out. <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, that would be plausible, you know, uh, because I think I also read reports that this Billy Campbell, though he did, he was a ringer for Paul McCartney. Um, they actually ended up giving him like they had said something like plastic surgery, etc. So like you said, plastic surgery to look more like Paul. He played the guitar right handed. Paul McCartney plays the guitar left handed. So it was almost like they took those two years to like build the new Paul and then coast on the Beatles fame for those two years because obviously the Beatles weren't going away anytime soon I mean they were that iconic group that other groups wanted to be like yeah they did they did they're just so I mean you get a lot of Beatles fanatics I mean I I love the Beatles you love the Beatles yeah I don't really know anybody that doesn't like the Beatles but the ones who are like Beatle historians they'll always look back at their 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 past albums and you know they went from like bubblegum pop kind of you know yep. love me do please please me she says you know she said or she loves you and i want to hold your hand and then they went from that to like you got to think you know rubber soul revolver they started getting a little different right and then finally when sergeant pepper's lonely hearts club band come out i was like what the fuck is this because they were evolving so a lot of these historians are kind of like well there's messages in these past albums and these past albums from like 66 on and you know for instance, i wouldn't be surprised with that though because think about the yellow submarine and lucy in the sky with diamonds i mean yeah. you know the beetle the beetles were actually kind of famous for their symbolism right in their songs they really were, and and not just their songs, but also their album covers. You know, I mean, in the song "Taxmen," right? George Harrison gave his advice for those who die, meaning Paul. That's what they thought, right? In the Taxman. Oh, then, that's crazy! If you look in the Lonely Hearts Club band, they show all, there's like numerous dead people on that cover. So that's right. Dead, later on, there's people who have died. You know what I mean? So they're like, oh, well, and and they notice Paul's very center in there. So they're like, oh, maybe Paul. You know, they're kind of like pointing to Paul. And then the entire uh, Sergeant Pepper's Only Hurts Club Band album was a swash with Paul is Dead Clues, supposedly, which we said kind of earlier um, with Billy Shear. Supposedly, the album contained John Lennon. Remember the, A Day in a Life? You know, I read the news today. Oh, boy. And all that stuff. Yeah. Well, that song had the lyrics. He blew his mind out in a car. And, they, and the recorded phrase, Paul is dead, miss him, miss him, which becomes evidence only when the song is played backwards. Huh. So people are like thinking of all these things that are saying backwards. And I've never like actually done that. And then people said they can hear Lennon like mumble in that song. I buried Paul. 
at hmm. the end of Strawberry Fields. I'm not at the end of that song, but in Strawberry Fields Forever, like we said earlier, I buried Paul and, and Lennon said the phrase was actually cranberry sauce and denied the existence of the backward messages. So it's just Beatlemania was so hype. They were just trying to find Easter eggs in everything that they did. Oh, totally. And, and you know, they could do it too, because like I said, the Beatles songs, you know, they had, didn't they have a song? Well, they had a song about the walrus and strawberry fields. I mean, even that phrase, blowing your mind out in a car, that could be equal to just taking drugs while you're sitting in your car parked. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I feel like, yeah, that obviously, like like you said, the Beatles evolved from the moment they became a group and they just kept going on it. And what was kind of crazy is like they were, I feel like they were the tastemakers of the time. It's almost like they had this sense of what was going to be good music for the, the time frame that they were hot, which would have been mm. what, end of 50s? 60s. Yeah, well, in 1960, they started getting, they started kind of changing their vibe. They dressed in suits. They, because uh, Brian Epstein, their manager, they kind of had this grunge thing going on early on, like a very, like, uh, they were very punk rock. And then oh, that's Brian Epstein being, he was a well-dressed man. I think he owned a suit shop and a record store. And he says, well, let's appease them with dressing in suits, like the suits we see, you know, the suits we've seen throughout the British invasion of the 60s with the, the slim fit suits and the, the, the skinny kind of pants and he kind of cleaned them up and then they had the Beatles do and everything like that. So they started getting popular in London and in Germany in the early like 1960 to 1962 and then 63 they started like coming out with hit songs you know love me do was very huge and then please please me stuff like that and then when they came in 64 that was that was the official start of british invasion in in, in america when they did the ed sullivan show i wonder if after the ed sullivan show and then the beatles kind of coasted on that look where they had you know the the nice fitting suits and and stuff like that i feel i feel like brian epstein was kind of a genius in that way because mm. that sort of opened up it was almost like parents of the teenagers or parents of the kids at that time could also enjoy the Beatles because they were well-dressed young men singing about love, right? Like right. the Beach Boys sort of did that, even though they had kind of a more of a beach bum vibe. I almost feel like the suits made it respectable, but then it was kind of cool the way you can tell that not only did they grow up, but they started to take more control of their yes. music because yep. of all of the stuff that they were able to produce after the pop sound. You're right. You're, you're 100% right. I think Brian Epstein got them to a point to where they can be famous. And then, like you said, they evolved. So once they did become famous, they started finding their own voice because love me, do please, please me. She loves you. Um, I want to hold your hand. Those kind of songs are very, I mean, I remember watching the Beatles anthology, which they didn't really talk about the Paul is dead rumor in there, which I thought was interesting because it yeah. was such a big thing. But um, the Beatles anthology in the nineties, I remember Paul McCartney was basically like, yeah, we, 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 did, we had this whole, want to be loved vibe you know <laughs> right. and i think it was just them growing old getting older when they said well let's change our music because they got to play stuff they really wanted then but by then they were already famous so it was a i mean obviously epstein and them probably went against it early on but at the at that point they were so rich and so famous and so worldly known it was like let's just do whatever the fuck we want and that's kind of where they happened and i think like as you go it, it's very interesting because i think it was such a shock to people that they were changing uh, that it was just like whoa and then when this conspiracy officially kind of makes headway in 1969 it's kind of like i mean how can i explain this the beatles history is one of the most interesting band histories oh yeah in is. all of time right you yeah. they had such a 
an, an evolution, a, tra- a, a trans um, sandal. Uh, uh, they had such a transition from being those teenage heartthrob, those heartthrob young guys to kind of, and then looking 69 when they're all like hippied out, they're like very beard. They had the Maharishi kind of look, you know, they were wearing different shit. There was the suits were gone. They were trying to experiment. They were not only with drugs, but they're experimenting with, with instrument, different instruments. Uh, like the sitar was a bit, a big one in there. So I think <laughs> when this, when this, um, Fred Labor, he's the guy that called in to the the Detroit radio station, the WKNR, um, mm-hmm. for the Russ Russ Gibb that kind of started this whole thing going. I think you could just look back and be like, oh yeah, this course this guy was right because look how much they changed from when they were in suits to where they are now. And it's like, and the Paul obviously changed. His hair got longer, his face got thinner. You know, and it's like, well, something must have happened. I just love the Beatles history because of that stuff, because it, it, it actually harnesses and it endures the mythology. Because if this band was like the Rolling Stones that last that are still together, it's like, oh, yeah, I remember, you know, the Rolling. it's not remember the Rolling Stones. It's oh, yeah, the Rolling Stones, but the Beatles, if they went beyond 10 years, I don't think they would have been as famed as they are today because it was like, <laughs> yeah. wow, we got that because it leaves you wanting more. Right. I mean, the best things in life leave you wanting more. So with the Beatles, it was like we had 10 years of this amazingness and now it's gone, you know. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of funny that you say that because it seemed like this rumor came up in the point where they had started to take a sabbatical. You know, Paul was doing his thing with his family and his wife, Linda, and their kids. And, you know, John was doing his thing. I think Yoko Ono was in the picture at that time. And then you had George Harrison and you had Ringo Starr. And I think for the first time, they were all kind of looking at the Beatles, the legacy that they were going to leave behind. And it almost seems like they were like thinking to themselves, okay, yeah, this is nice, but what's the next level? And that next level almost had to be them breaking off and doing their own individual projects. But like you said, that two years of like no contact and everybody's like, where the hell is the Beatles? Like they're putting all of their energy and their albums and their music and everything out into society. And all of a sudden they pull back. Something had to happen. Then you start playing records backwards and you start Mm -hmm. looking through their songs for all that symbolism. And God, it gets so exciting. You know, like, shit, we, 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 you know, we came upon something awesome. Like this is monumental. (laughs) Especially when some like University of Michigan student like Fred Labor is like, he just brought it up. And because this is something he was studying and it's like, what? This is cool. You know, and I think people just jumped on it because. I remember at, in, when this happened in 69, because this is one that kind of started picking up and then people were looking back on stuff. But when this picked up in 69, remember the Beatles broke up shortly thereafter. Yeah. That, so yeah. it was kind of they were kind of on their way out as a, yep. as a group, you know, anyways. Yep. It, and I mean, Christ, we can almost I can almost talk about the Beatles all day instead of the Paul is dead thing just because how great the Beatles. I think we both can how great the Beatles were. And, oh, yeah. Um, timeless. I, I think, you, you know, just this is just an offside note. Uh, but you were just talking about how they broke off and did their own things. And it's funny. It's like, sometimes, sometimes it's funny that they were at their best when they were together. Like Paul McCartney's a great musician now. Don't get me wrong. And oh, he's sure. always been a great musician, but I can't name really many of his hits other than when he was with the Beatles. You know what I mean? I mean, he has with the wings at a short stint, but it's not like they were like beloved by everybody. I mean, the Beatles were, I mean, George Harrison was good, collaborated there, clapped in. John Lennon was good when he came out with his songs and a lot of things he came up with, before, you know, before he got assassinated in 19. 19- 1980. And obviously Ringo Starr made a lot of like guest appearances with bands and what have you and did some touring bands and stuff, but they were never as great and they never sounded as good as they were when they were together. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like that's kind of the thing with a lot of bands that you see. It's like, it's like, 
they're at the top, they're at the height of their fame. And it's almost like once they get to that point where they have the millions of fans, they have the, you know, the packed stadiums, they have the money rolling in, they have the endorsement deals or whatever was a thing back then when you have that kind of notoriety, I can totally see you taking a step back as an individual and saying, okay, now what? Because they had to be allowed to grow up. They had to be allowed to grow up. And I think that is kind of one of those things that sort of plagues pop stars today, like Britney Spears. Everybody thinks of Britney Spears, you know, this whole conspiracy or I'm um, conservatorship oh my God. situation yeah. that Britney's into, right? And But you look at Britney Spears and you think, hit me baby one more time. You think yeah. 1999. You think the belly bearing midriff top trend mm-hmm. that she started. You don't, in your head, you haven't let her grown up. You haven't let her grow up. You haven't let her, you know, no, this is a grown adult woman who should be in charge of her own life, who has her own kids and whatever. Anyway, so I'm just saying like those kind of struggles that the Beatles first, I want to say they were probably one of the first bands to ever really experience that kind of struggle where the fans were really, you know really having a hard time letting them grow up. Even Elvis Presley. You know, when most people talk about Elvis, they talk about his heyday. They don't talk about him with the peanut butter and banana sandwiches later on when he gained a little weight. Most of them talk about Elvis in the height of his career where literally, you know, he had reached the pinnacle of his success. And he was, yeah. yeah. And he was so, and don't you agree, Cal? He was so famous, just like the Beatles were, that, isn't there conspiracy theories about Elvis there not really is. dying on the toilet? <laughs> this might be a thing. This might be a thing we need to do because I would love to talk about Biggie. I would love to talk oh, about freaking Tupac. I would Kurt, love Kurt Cobain. Yes, Kurt Cobain, Elvis. Okay, so this oh, has got to be a God. thing, you guys. This is decided yeah. right here and right now. We are going to do one of these music conspiracy theory episodes at least Ooh. once a month. Like, yeah. like, it's growing as we speak. Growing as we speak, you this guys. This is shit I can get behind. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. So I got to ask you one more thing. Because I think you and I both, we've watched probably every Beatles documentary out there. I know you've not only watched every Beatles documentary, you have books on the Beatles. So you are my Beatles expert. So yeah. my question for you is, do you remember that documentary where they kind of talked about Heather Mills and somehow Heather Mills was involved in this conspiracy? Because wasn't there a lady that was with him that night on that supposed accident in November of 1966 when he died. Or Heather Mills was somehow she was related to someone who was involved in that incident and then later on married Paul McCartney. But then do you remember she had an interview or there was a clip and it still sticks fresh in my mind to this day. Every time I see Paul McCartney, I think of Heather Mills crying on like good morning America or something and she was saying and this was their divorce their marriage everything with those two it's like why did you guys even get married like so they got married and their marriage was kind of sort of tumultuous and their divorce was definitely tumultuous and I just remember her sitting on good morning America and she was crying about how if people knew if people knew certain things about Paul about the Beatles they would just it would totally like break down their world as they know it as a Beatle fan today. Do you think that that's possible that, I mean, because I feel like that kind of lends into the whole conspiracy theory that we have a fake Paul McCartney in our midst, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's... What does she know? What did she know? I mean, we don't know. I mean, when you get a bunch of money behind anything, I mean, these guys were like close to billionaires at the time or or had so much money. Uh, I guess anything is possible. I mean, I do I think it's a fake Paul? No, I don't. I don't believe. I mean, I, I really do think it's the same Paul. But when you do look at photos, 
I mean, you can see where he has his face has changed. The symmetry of his of his face is definitely it looks like it's changed. But you don't know. I mean, it's I mean, he's the one that I mean, he I mean, they, they all grew up. I mean, look how different John Lennon looks from his early days to when he got a little chubby in like 65, 66. And then he lost all that weight and became like a fucking hippie uh, with like the Jesus beard and the hair and stuff. I mean, it's it's all I mean, Christ, it all could be. I mean, it, it could very well have happened, you know, for sure, especially when there's <laughs> that much money involved. I mean, holy shit. It's funny you say Jesus because they all did kind of like they came in looking like these really fresh faced, you know, well put together yeah. businessmen who happened to have a band, almost like little young accountants that got together well, remember, singing love were, songs. They were in that Harry Krishna movement with. Oh, uh, yeah, they with were. The Maharishi. I mean, George Harrison was huge in the Maharishi. And then. So did John Lennon. He got John Lennon really involved. And then the other two Beatles, Paul and Ringo, were like, okay, we'll join you guys and see what this is about. And then it wasn't for Paul. So Paul bailed and Ringo bailed shortly thereafter. And the other guys kind of, I mean, if you kind of look with it, I mean, Paul kind of always stayed clean cut. I mean, I think in the late 60s, he tried the beard because he owned a farm and stuff. And that's when he was away. We're talking about this whole conspiracy happening when he was away. So, I mean, yeah, there's, it's just funny. I mean, just their I love that we're talking about a band that lasted, you know, for the most part, 10 years. But in our minds, their music lives on forever. So it's one of those things where it's very like, oh, my God, could there be a fake Paul? But I've been to a Paul McCartney concert and it's awesome. (laughs) If that is a fake (laughs) Paul, Paul has really become a great musician. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, I mean, what are you going to (laughs) do? We might as well love him, too, right? Because he's been standing in for the last 30, 40 years. So... Yeah, if you don't go by Billy Shears or William Campbell anymore, that's cool, man. <laughs> right? I don't go by that. Well, didn't they say, wasn't there something else, too, in a documentary where someone, like, yelled out, hey, Billy Campbell or hey, Billy Shears, and then Paul McCartney, like, turns around to look, you know? And they're like, that's proof because he's answering to his real name. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Just kind of concluding the whole Paul is dead. I mean, what do you guys think? Reach out to us and let us know what if you think the Paul hoax is yeah, real. Yeah, I would or love if to hear. Yeah, or if it's like total bullshit. I mean, at that time, the the Beatles press did come out in the late 60s when this was a huge thing and they said it was rubbish. But of course, they're going to cover tracks, right, guys? So if you have anything you're really interested about in hearing rock and roll mysteries, music mysteries, man, reach out. Um, We'd love to hear from you. Um, You can hit us up on social media at Flat Circle Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, or you can send us an email at Flat Circle Podcast one at gmail.com. This was such a fun episode. Thank you for listening. Until next time, stay kind, stay curious, and always question the world around you. All is dead. (laughs) 